Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Likehearted. My name is Anna. And my name is Bracey, and we're two average gals chatting about what it means to grow. How are you growing this week? Well, I actually think that we're growing the same way this week because we finally started Untamed, and (laughs) I am so obsessed with it. I love it. Love it so much. Yeah. Um, What are you loving about it? Well, okay. I knew that I loved Glennon Doyle. But I think that just sometimes the way she phrases things kind of hits you right in the heart. Mm-hmm. Like, she talked about how sometimes doing the right thing for you is the hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. And just the way that she phrased it, I was just like, it it validated everything I've ever felt about, like, things being hard, but still being the correct choice for me. Yeah. You know? What about you? What do you like about it? I think she's obviously a very talented writer and she's able to put things in like concise sentences that really capture how a lot of us have felt. Um, I appreciate that she um, talks about her struggles really openly and obviously this hasn't been an easy journey for her. So it feels super authentic. I also think it's interesting that some of her growth not negates some of her previous like writing and work. I I think it's nice to see somebody evolve past where they were and like be very honest about things changing in their lives. Cause I feel Mm -hmm. like sometimes people can stick to what they said before, even if it's not true for them anymore, which I think is not what she's done. Yeah. Well, and isn't love warrior about staying in her marriage? Yeah, Love Warrior was – it's still a really good book. I loved it. But yeah, I, a lot of her work up until the last few years, I think, was about finding herself and making a stable marriage and family. And then some of that turned on its head when she fell in love with somebody else. So, Okay, got it. I think one of the main things that I am liking about it is – and that is really hard for me to even comprehend is um, – she talks a lot about not abandoning yourself mm-hmm. and not and disappointing everybody else in your life as long as you're not disappointing yourself. And I was like, wow, that's that it's a great message and it feels like I don't know how I could do that. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. I was listening to it this morning actually, and uh there was a part where she talked about how if you don't trust yourself, you don't really love yourself, and that one hit me right in the gut. I was like, oof. Mm. <laughs> Packed a bunch. Yeah. So we are going to talk about social media today. And my first question about this is, what was your first interaction with social media like, aka what was your AOL screen name? Oh my gosh. Um, It was Bracey Lou Freebush. No, it was not. Yes. (gasps) Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, with uh, alternating capital letters, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, I love that so much. Mm-hmm. Um, what was yours? Oh man, I should have gone first because it's not as good. Um, I think my first one and the one that I like had the longest was Anner Nanner 14. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> And 14 was my basketball number. Yeah. So were you super into AOL? Do you remember like your away messages? Honestly, no. I feel like AOL kind of like 
touched on my friendship anxiety a little bit where I was mm-hmm. like always nervous that like I wasn't popular enough or like nobody would want to talk to me. So I feel like that wasn't my favorite. But when um, MySpace came around, that was my jam. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. What did you like about MySpace so much? Um, I like the creativity that you could like make your page look like whatever you wanted and that you could like put put your own music on there. Oh, that's right. I forgot about the music piece. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I know you had your top friends or whatever, but I felt like it was more personal, I guess, where people could see your page and like your stuff yeah. instead of just, just be messaging. Yeah. Um, but now doesn't the idea of your top eight seem so messed it's up? It's awful. It's terrible. Yeah. I think now I'm like, wow, that feels so manipulative and seems like it would trigger so many people. Yeah. Similarly, I was thinking about superlatives the other day. Like, why do we have superlatives? Mm. That's awful. Yeah. That we're literally ranking who's the best at certain categories and everybody else is just like screwed. Yeah. And it really is just like, who are the top like 20 most popular kids Mm -hmm. in the school? Those are the kids that are going to get it. That's messed up. Call the school board. Um, Okay. When did you get a Facebook? I got a Facebook, I want to say my freshman year of college, but I didn't care about it really at all for a while. And honestly, Facebook's still not my jam. So what about you? Yeah, same. I think, yeah, probably freshman year of college or somewhere around there. And sometimes it's fun to like go back and look at what some of my statuses were because they were always... I think that's the most embarrassing thing. I I never look because I would literally cringe so hard. It would be terrible. Yeah. I'm definitely cringing, but it also makes me laugh um, that I thought people would be interested and that I was like reapplying chapstick or um, posting some emo song lyrics. I posted so many John Mayer lyrics. It was very embarrassing. (laughs) I'm glad you can laugh about yours because I'm not there yet. Okay. Yeah, but yeah, but maybe that's part of your growth, you know? Maybe. Okay, what about – I feel like Twitter and Instagram kind of came out at the same time, but maybe they didn't and I just – I think I, I had don't a know, Twitter. I was never into Twitter. I had a Twitter before Instagram and I feel like it was a similar situation to Facebook where I was posting mostly nonsense that was borderline embarrassing. <laughs> um, but then Instagram came out and it's been my love ever since. Okay. And what about TikTok? I'm not on TikTok. Mostly. Okay, no, no, no. (laughs) So Seb has this thing about China and data and whatever. He thinks TikTok is not safe. And outside of that, I also know that if I got TikTok, I would probably lose hours and hours to it. So I just have never done it. What about you? I downloaded it for like a week a few months ago and then was like, wow. This is not really adding a lot to my life. And yeah, I can spend a lot of time on here and an not hour goes by and I'm it. not even paying attention. But I do, I re-downloaded it again, maybe like a month ago, but I probably only look at it a couple times a week for maybe like 30 minutes. But I have, but then I realized that you could say like what kind of categories you're interested in. Mm-hmm. So I watch a lot of food ones. 
Um, I think it's been really incredible for just expanding people's creativity. Like the mm-hmm. things that are made on TikTok are really incredible sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like that is bleeding into Instagram, which is great for me because I don't have to have a second platform for it. Yeah, that's true. It's nice that you can just look at the best TikToks like they usually make it to your Instagram. So mm-hmm. that's kind of nice. I think, too, it's been really good for people in quarantine because it gives people something to do. I think, too, there's been so many TikToks that involve people's parents, like a lot of the dances and that kind of thing. And so I'm like, oh, that's sweet. It's like a family activity where these the they're learning dances and all that. It's pretty fun. TikTok bringing people together. Totally. <laughs> Are there any other platforms that you like or have used in the past? I don't think so. What's the one? It's like a blog one. Tumblr. I can't think of the name of it. Tumblr. Yeah. I never. I was never a Tumblr. I loved Tumblr. I actually still have Tumblr. I just don't get on it anymore much. But okay. I love Tumblr because it's image based, just like Instagram. Oh, I thought it was like blogs basically you can do blogs but i would say that at least what i look at mostly is just pictures okay gotcha yeah and then um have you ever heard of imgur what is that it's uh seb's well seb likes twitter too but seb spends a lot of time on imgur it's like basically i would say it's tumblr for like seb's type of people like it's a lot of memes and Mm. funny videos and yeah, he just can lose hours in it. It's just a little uh, little release for him. Mm-hmm. Lots of dog videos. Oh, that's sweet. He likes to listen to the Huskies talk. Have you ever heard that? Oh, Lord. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of his favorite things. Is it? Oh, mm-hmm. man. I think every time I see one of those, I just think like, wow, I could never have a Husky. Really? They're so loud. <laughs> oh, I think it's cute, but I also think it's a little bit unethical to have huskies in warm weather, so I would never ha- get one. Mm. Okay, well, talking about Instagram, yeah, I think same. That's definitely my favorite and the one that I get on the most. How do you feel about like a curated Instagram feed? I have very strong opinions about my feed, and I try to be pretty strict about my habits too. I think. In the last, well, at some point in 2020, I realized I was losing way too much time to Instagram. So I actually Mm -hmm. got an app called Block where you can set up really specific rules for Mm -hmm. what you can access on your phone at what time of day. So I blocked out a couple of hours twice a day where I wasn't allowed to open Instagram. And it was really helpful for training me out of that habit, especially the habit of opening it first thing in the morning. Okay. Yeah. So what are the times that you don't let yourself get on it? Well, okay. So my rules used to be that I couldn't open it between like 7 and 10 a.m. And then also again from like 2 to 4. But I ended up taking off the restriction for the afternoon because I didn't need it anymore because I wasn't reflexively opening it. Yeah. Yeah. I recently put a time limit because on, on iPhone, you can go to your apps in like the settings and you can put like a time limit on each of them. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so I have an hour on Instagram a day and I really didn't think that I was even on there for an hour, but I will, it'll be like, I would say maybe like four out of seven days a week that I get the like reminder that's like, Hey, you have five minutes left. But at the same time, I think because I'm just home all the time, 
and there's not like a ton of stuff that you can go do. I think I'd definitely spend more time on my phone now and have in the past year than I normally do, or at least, but also I'm like, maybe that isn't true. And I'm just (laughs) trying to make myself feel better. Yeah. Um, I feel like an hour really isn't that much. Like, uh, one of the, one of the features that block the block app has Mm -hmm. that I like is it gives you a usage report so you can see what amount of time you spend on each app. And at the beginning, before I implemented the blocks, I think I was spending like three hours a day on Instagram, which I didn't, I didn't feel like it was three hours. I felt like, I don't know. I felt like it was not that much time, but I was, when I saw the number, I was like, oh crap. I like the idea though, of having certain times of the day that you can't look at it. Cause I remember I used to um, read the like CNN top five like news reports like every single morning. Mm -hmm. And I then realized after a few months that it was just making my day feel really sad because most of the time the news that's reported is not uplifting. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think I even read something that it was like, you'll have a better day or be in a better mood if you like aren't on your phone in the first hour of the day or aren't like looking at news and that kind of thing. Um, yeah. So yeah, I like that. I might need to download the app and and set it so that I can't get on my, get on apps necessarily. Yeah. For the first little bit of the day. Yeah, totally. And then in regards to like curating my feed, I, I'm kind of ruthless with what I allow myself to look at on Instagram. I am a big proponent of the mute button, the mute feature. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whenever they're muted, does that mean that you won't see their stories? You can actually mute just their stories or you can mute both their stories and their feed. So I sometimes mute accounts of people that like – maybe I went to high school with or college with or knew at some point. And if they're not, if those accounts are not providing me value, or if they're not like close friends that I definitely want to see what they're doing all the time. um, Mm -hmm. To me, that's just like clogging my feet a little bit. And I don't want to unfollow them because I like them. But I also don't want that stuff interrupting the the content that I do want to see. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I'm kind of always shuffling around what is on my feed to make sure that everything that I see there is what I want. So I'm ruthless about unfollowing accounts that aren't bringing me some sort of value. I I, re, I assess um, content based on the value that it provides for me. And so like if a if anybody is reposting a bunch of stories who have tagged them in a story, like reposting stories to their stories, I hate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if, if your stories are half reposts, I'm going to mute you. Okay. I I think that only really applies to influencers, but you know. Yeah. What are the types of feeds and stories that you are interested in most of the time? I would say that outside of my close friends, Mm -hmm. I want to see inspirational content, educational content, a lot of growth stuff, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like pretty things. Okay. Yeah. So if it's like, pleasing. right. So if it's not any of those things, or if and a lot of what happens is I'll follow somebody because I like their content and then, you know, their content changes and that's not bad. It's just that maybe I don't align with it anymore. And like, I don't yeah. feel bad about unfollowing at that point. Okay. Wow. I appreciate how seriously you take it. I just don't think any like... Inputs like this, I think, are very important for 
mental health, creativity. Like I just don't want things going into my brain that I don't want to be there. And I think that people don't give that enough thought personally. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely not. Cause yeah, I don't know. I'm like, what do I even follow? It's hard to even, I don't even know if I can tell you like, and see, I'm also the kind of person that I want to be able to get through my feed. Like, I don't want to miss people's posts. So I follow, mm-hmm. I want to say like around 475 accounts and probably at least 150 of those people are muted. Wow. So like, I see people's content. If I follow you, I'm probably, I'm probably going to see your content. Yeah. Which I know that okay. a lot of people just follow whatever accounts they, you know, kind of like, and then whatever comes up, they see. Yeah, that's definitely how I am. I think lately, yeah, obviously, like my close friends, like I always look at their stories if they've posted them. And I think they're, if they like post something on their actual feed, like it comes up for me. Um, But I mostly just watch like home improvement stories. I love some home improvement accounts. (laughs) That's real. DIY all day. Yeah, that's the only thing that I've been watching lately because there's yeah a few people that I follow that are just always building something or painting something, and I just am so invested. It's so satisfying in, in to see a project from start to finish. Oh, totally. And I, I'm like, ugh, I would love to take a class or something on just like the basics of like building things. Even though I know the internet could probably teach me or I could just come live with you and Seb and you guys could probably just teach me the basics. Yeah. Maybe Uh, we could put on a little personal class with our friends, whoever wants to learn. Oh my gosh. I would love that. Would literally fly home for it. (laughs) Just (laughs) tell me the dates. Well, I got it. Yeah. Um, So yeah, that's mostly what I've been following. Do you curate your feed at all? No, not at all. I mean, I will definitely... Every once in a while, because if I like unfollow maybe like an influencer that I just like end up always like wanting to skip their stories and then Instagram will be like, hey, you follow 15 accounts that are similar to this or something and I'll go through and if it's like people's names or whatever that I don't even really recognize, I'll unfollow them. Gotcha. Um, Okay. Well, I know you said that you only get on Instagram about an hour a day. But in general, how would you say that social media impacts your life? I think it's impacted it in various ways. I think sometimes and probably depending on like my mental health stage, it can be a negative impact in that it's such a comparison game. Mm -hmm. Um, And even though I know that what people post on Instagram for the most part are the highlights of their life, it still sometimes like creeps in. Um, yeah. Like it, it does. It sucks that Instagram um, does breed comparison like that. But that would be to me, that would be a place where somebody should be curating their feed. Like if somebody makes you feel bad about your life, you should not be following them. And it doesn't really matter who it is. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I think the the other ways that are more positive, I think, especially in this last year with just kind of like the upheaval of 2020 in a lot of ways, it's really been a space for learning mm-hmm. because people are posting so much good content um, and resources and all of that. So I think that's been really, really good. 
Um, One thing I've had to watch in relation to that, though, is like information overload, because mm -hmm. I feel like in the summer when there was all these good resources being recommended, I like my tendency is to follow a bunch of people or um, accounts and then kind of narrow it down to which ones I like best. And so I had to at some point evaluate which accounts were working for me because it was just too much at one time I, and it was overwhelming me. Totally. I think too, there was a couple of weeks where it felt like, at least to me, it was like trying to strike this balance between not feeling completely exhausted by like, yeah, like the information overload and all the work that needs to be done. And, but then also feeling like, well, you're using your privilege if you can look away mm -hmm. um, from the things that are going on. And so I think it it's was a, fine a delicate line. balance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But overall, I think was, I was so happy to like have access to Instagram because there was so much good content on there and things that I had never thought about before or didn't know about and all that stuff. Do you feel like Instagram impacts your shopping habits? I would say yes and no. Sometimes I will click on an ad, but I don't feel like I shop from Instagram very often. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, same. I don't think – I definitely I, – yeah, I don't know that I've ever, like, bought anything directly from an Instagram ad, but it definitely makes me go look at things probably more. And But it also shows me companies that I didn't know about, which is kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. The influencer thing is interesting, too, because – I feel like people do tend to shop on swipe ups and it's not that I don't, but it's usually the influencers that I shop from are the ones that I read their blogs. So I, it's like recommendations I would get anyways, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Have you seen the Social Dilemma documentary? I started it, but never finished it. So I feel like the answer is kind of no. What about you? I watched it, but I didn't love it. I think, I think I know some like, um, some people that I work with that have kids like watched it with their teenagers, mm -hmm. which I think was probably a good move, but I think a lot of it was information that I already knew. Yeah. I, I mean, I worked for a social media marketing company for a long time. So I think it is important to know how those types of things work so that you're aware mm -hmm. of the technology that you're interacting with, but you know, it it doesn't influence me to change my habits at all, I guess. Yeah. I also thought the, like, the dramatization with the teenager and then the, like, three guys that were, like, in this room that are, like, trying and trying to figure out how to, like, re-engage him. I don't know. I was like, this feels like a lot. <laughs> like, Yeah. I don't know. It fell a little over the top to me. Um, for anybody who has not heard of The Social Dilemma, it is a documentary on Netflix that kind of explores the effects of smartphones on um, and social networks on human behavior, if you're interested. And basically, um, at least what I feel like is it boils down to them trying to keep your eyes on the page as long as possible. Yeah. For monetization purposes. But I think if you're conscious of the way that you're interacting with the app and um, your shopping habits, then I don't think it's that big of a deal. Yeah. Have you ever taken a break from social media? Or felt the need to take a break? I have felt the need to take a break simply because people tell you you should. Mm. And I don't like that. It kind of feels like 
people pressuring you to do something that might not be, you know, necessary. Mm-hmm. I've taken a few days off of the app intentionally once, and then I've spent days off of the app unintentionally several times. And I don't think that it has that big of a positive impact on me. Okay. Maybe that's, again, because I'm only consuming content pretty consciously. Yeah. Definitely. And and I just I do find a lot of inspiration from Instagram. So it never feels like it's taking anything from me. Mm-hmm. Have you ever taken time off the apps? I have. Um, yeah, a couple years ago, I deleted like my Instagram app and I didn't have it for like eight months. I remember that because it- I had to like if I if I wanted you to see something, I had to like send it to you instead of sending it yeah. to Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, I think I had a couple of friends that would be like, days later would be like, oh, shoot, I sent you something on Instagram like four days ago and was like, why has she not looked at this? And then remembered that you weren't on it. Um, And I think at the time, I was like super wrapped up in comparison and just was like, oh, like, I don't look like that. Or like, oh, like, I'm not traveling. I wish I was. And it just was like making me feel bad. And I was like, I just need to get off of here for a little while. Mm -hmm. Um, And only intended to be off of it for like three months. That was like kind of my plan was like, okay, I'm just going to stay off it for three months and then see how I feel. And I ended up being like, oh, I actually kind of love this. I think it made me more present in my life. Like when I would go and do things I wasn't thinking like, oh, like what would be a cool Instagram picture? Mm -hmm. It was just, I was just experiencing it or just taking pictures for myself. Like I remember I graduated from grad school in that time and Brittany and Hannah came to my graduation and they were like, oh, we need to take all these pictures of you, which was like super sweet. And I'm glad I have them. But I remember thinking at the time, like for what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to post them on Instagram. So I'm not posting this anywhere. So but I have tons of really cute pictures of myself and maybe I'll post them one day, but yeah, so I'm happy to have them. But I think um, it was a good reset for me. Yeah. And I think now because I, yeah, I'm following more accounts or at least like watching the stories of things that I'm interested in and not scrolling endlessly that it doesn't feel, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't feel as unhealthy for me anymore. Yeah. I would say that the problems that I have related to social media are more getting too caught up in losing myself in the feed and like avoiding Mm -hmm. real life. If I can maintain my habits and like good habits around my usage and like time spent, then I'm typically healthier that way. Yeah, definitely. What do you think the overarching societal impacts of social media are? I know that's a really broad question, but I think it's something that is really important these days. I mean, I spend so much time around kids that I think that's definitely like where my mind goes. And obviously their brains are not fully developed and they are like way more susceptible um, to influences and all those types of things. Mm -hmm. And I... I do some counseling with high school kids and they talk about, you know, when they're in a fight with their friend, like they will unfollow each other on Instagram or they'll delete each other off Snapchat, which, oh my God, we didn't even talk about Snapchat, but, (laughs) um, and how that feels like a really big deal or if their friends like post something and they're not there 
it just causes a lot of conflict and a lot of... I feel like it's almost like a magnifying glass for any other issues that were there before. Because like, Mm -hmm. we didn't really have social media much when we were in high school. But I still felt FOMO when my friends hang out without me. I just didn't have to see it online all the time. Yeah. And I think too, they talk a lot about the like the number of likes they get. And how that is so directly correlated to like what they think about themselves in real life and like how many people like them. And it can feel like a power move if somebody doesn't like their photo and all this stuff. So I think, yeah, I'm so grateful that I was not in high school when uh, when social media was such a big thing. Because what are your thoughts on hard. how parents should kind of handle that kind of stuff? I I think it's complicated because I know that putting kids in front of a screen is such an easy way to keep kids distracted or, you know, kids, they just glue to it. Like their eyeballs just like glaze over. And when you're trying to get stuff done or just like need a second to yourself, like that is such a simple way um, to kind of guarantee that you get that. But at the same time, it is so addictive. And I think that can create a lot of big behaviors in kids when that's taken away and it's, you know, kids don't have the skills to regulate their big emotions as well as adults can a lot of the times. And so, you know, turning off the TV or saying, okay, your time with the iPad is up doesn't feel like that big of a deal to us as adults, but to them it is huge because it is kind of like an addiction. Like, and so it's hard to, I think, because in the situations where like maybe one kid has a cell phone already and then another kid doesn't, or like one kid is allowed free social media time and another kid has limits. It's like, it feels not fair to some kids. Yeah, totally. And that's, that's hard to navigate as a parent too, I think. Yeah. And I think too, if you aren't aligned with like your parent friends, And like if your kids hang out together and like one of them has a cell phone at 10 and the other one doesn't, I think that can create a lot of problems. Mm -hmm. Um, And you don't want them to feel like they're missing out on anything or like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, like not part of the group because they're missing social interactions online. Yeah. And I think that is how kids feel. Well, I mean, it's probably at least true to some extent because yeah. their friends are interacting online. And if they're not online, then they are missing those things. Yeah. And they are missing that closeness in some ways. Yeah. It's a part of their culture in a way that it was never a part of ours. And we have to recognize that too, I think. Yeah, definitely. I think that has to be a consideration. And, you know, it's not that screen time is bad or social media is bad, but I think it has to be implemented with boundaries and conversations around like how this can be really addicting and like I lots of conversations have to start there. Yeah. You have to start strong because you know, starting soft and then trying to put in a lot of rules about how they're going to use it is a lot harder. Mm-hmm. I think too, for younger kids, it kind of kills their desire for like imaginative play, which is so important for brain development and for language skills and social mm-hmm. skills And so kids don't – they're less inclined to, like, get together and, like, make up a game doing that and, like, problem solving and, like, figuring out, like, oh, well, I don't want to do that. I want to do this. Like, they're not doing that. They're just, like, playing a video game or, like, watching a movie Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing. So it – 
um, it decreases that desire. Creativity. Yeah. Okay. Well, one thing I definitely wanted to talk about was how strangers interact on the internet, all of the criticisms that sometimes happen in a vacuum when you're watching people's stories who you don't know. Um, I just think that whole like troll kind of culture is really fascinating. It's pretty mind boggling. Yeah, for sure. I am definitely not somebody who spends any time at all really like commenting on people's stuff. Like I feel like if I leave a comment, it's only on like my close friends feeds. The only time I can think of that I've ever reached out to an influencer was it was a girl who was talking about being on a plane and that there was a kid who had autism and she kept saying autistic that he was autistic and and not she wasn't like saying like anything like mean about him or anything like that um but the move in the like mental health community is for first person language and person centered language and so instead of saying like he's autistic you would say he has autism Mm -hmm. because so it doesn't label people as like oh this is this one thing that they are yeah um and so i just messaged her and i was like hey and just said that that that's kind of the move. And she was just like, oh, thank you so much. Yeah, I wasn't exactly sure how to say it. And I was like, yeah, you know, here's some information. Like I wasn't like trying to be rude or anything. Um, yeah. Or, like call her out. And I think that that is such a good way to go about it. But I don't think that's the way that a lot of people go about it. They're not no. trying to inform. They're trying to adjust or like correct people. Mm-hmm. And, and really criticize. Yeah. And even if it's coming from a, a good place or like a well-intentioned place if you're coming mm-hmm. at it from a correction instead of like here's information that you may or may not do anything with mm-hmm. i just think that anybody would take that poorly yeah it's just it's so judgmental and i know that as a society like judgment isn't bad in in all cases or whatever but people just get on their high horse without really knowing like the full story of who people are or like what's going on or the context and they just unload on people and it's pretty insane. Mhm. I saw somebody the other day who was an influencer who somebody had taken their post and accidentally sent it to them with a criticism about like look at her runner or her, and her f- fake flowers in her kitchen. It was like meant to be gossip to a friend and she accidentally sent it to the influencer's account. <laughs> That's the worst. And I'm j- I was just kind of floored because I was like, who takes time out of their day to criticize somebody like that and gossip with a friend about something online like that? Like, it, it actually blew my mind a little bit that somebody would take the time to criticize somebody like that. Right. And something as silly as just like some flowers and a table runner. Like, who cares? <laughs> it's her house. For real. And like, if you don't like it, move on. Right. Mute that person. Yeah. You know? The other another thing that I saw recently related to this was Chris Loves Julia, who is one of my favorite accounts, and I know mm-hmm. you like her too. Yeah, she had gotten some questions from people about, do you let your kids have any say in their rooms? Like, where are their toys? Kind of like, I guess the criticism might be like, this looks like an influencer's kids room instead of actually being in a functional kids room. Mm-hmm. And she was, she she just put this out there very nicely and I really, really appreciated it. And she said, maybe we should just give everybody the benefit of the doubt and assume 
that parents have their children's best interest at heart. And like, they know their kids better than anybody else. So maybe they don't need you to criticize the way they're doing things. Yeah, I feel like that type of comment also completely misses that the pictures that people are posting are when like the room is super clean and everything's put in its place and all of that and are not thinking like, oh, there's probably toys in the closet or whatever. Like, I don't know. It's like, obviously they're going to post when the room looks perfect and it looks really nice and put together because she's showcasing the transformation that she did. Yeah. So... I just really like the way she put it. And I think it applies to so many situations online. It's like, maybe let's just give people the benefit of the doubt. I don't know. I just feel like people are so quick to jump to a negative conclusion all the time. Yeah, definitely. And it's definitely trying to prey on people's vulnerabilities because you know that those people are already questioning all the time, you know? Yeah, Mm -hmm. they're already like probably worried that they – aren't being a good parent or that they're screwing their kids up in some way. Like people, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, this is definitely something you and I have talked about a lot. It's, I feel like there are a lot of times where people take advantage of other people's vulnerability just because they're open and sharing things in their lives online. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is it's just taking advantage of another person. I don't know any other way to say it. it makes me really upset because these yeah. people are sharing their lives with you and you're purposely tearing them down. Right. And and like to what end? Like what What do you get out of that? Yeah, what's the what's the purpose? And it's yeah, it's like oh if you are don't like this person or you don't like their content or you're questioning what their values are or whatever, like just don't follow them anymore. Yeah. If you have any need to correct somebody via DMs, just don't do it. <laughs> right. Just just take a second, put your phone down, go do something. It'll make you feel good. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like the message and the moral of this episode really is to mute people that aren't adding value to your life and give everybody the benefit of the doubt. I love it. I feel like that should be our life motto, even outside of social media. Yeah. Big time agree. So we, as we're wrapping up this episode, thought that we would share a few of our favorite accounts if you are in the market. Um, So my three top like home accounts that I've been following lately, one is called Angela Rose Home. She does a lot of projects and my favorite thing that she did was a giant light bright wall in her kids' playroom. And oh, that was very cool. I was like, cool. that is a lot of work, <laughs> a lot of patience. Um, okay, the other two home ones that I follow, um, Arrows and Bow. Mm-hmm. And then I'm obsessed with her house. I just would love to live there. And then Cass Makes Home mm-hmm. is the other one. Yeah, I've um, seen her stuff. She has a really pretty aesthetic. Um, and then the two that I follow for kind of like inspirational relationship quote stuff is Mindful MFT. Uh, she's a marriage and family therapist and just everything she said just stretched my heart. And then the other one is Morgan Harper Nichols. She has a lot of really great quotes and puts them in like very beautiful artwork design stuff. Yeah, she's a poet who writes specifically for other people, I think. Isn't that right? 
That might be right. I'm not sure. I think that people submit like situations that they're in or that people that they love are in. And she writes um, her poem specifically for those people. Oh, wow. That's yeah. very cool. Mm -hmm. All the more reason for people to follow her. Mm -hmm. All right. Who are your some of your favorite accounts? Okay, this is hard because I do feel like everybody I follow is like pretty close to my heart. But okay. <laughs> I really love Jenna Zoe. Okay. Um, she is a human design expert and she has a separate human design specific account. But I just feel like every day she comes on and talks a little bit about one specific topic related to personal growth. And I love seeing her daily updates. So that's been really good. Chris Love Julia is my favorite home account. I've followed them for years and they're just incredible. Yeah. They are a new follow for me, but yeah, their house is gorgeous. They're a powerhouse couple and also just like incredible people. I like following their home content, even though their style is like not even close to mine, but I especially just love to see their family and their marriage dynamic at work. That's sweet. Um, I love Thoughts of Dog. Have you followed that account? No, I haven't. Oh my gosh, it is the best. Um, let me read one. I can tell when the human's heart rate goes up. It really stresses me out. So if we could all just try to have a nice, boring week, that would be best for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> They're all funny. Really and they sound like a, a pup wrote them. And it's so cute. Yeah. Highly recommend. Okay, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm definitely going to follow that. Okay, and then um, my favorite spiritual account is Source Messages, and that's a daily update that I read every morning, which is nice. Mm -hmm. I get my news from Jessica Yellen on Instagram. She's great. Oh, yeah, I remember. I think I follow her. See, this is why I need to curate my feed, because I feel like I'm missing her stuff. Yeah, see, I get all my updates, and I, I only get the ones I care about, which is great. And then... Last one I'll say is Story People. Brian Andreas is one of my favorite artists. And his little Story People pictures always come with little quotes and stuff. And mm -hmm. they're so good. I've, I've been familiar with his work for years. And it's one of my favorite accounts. Okay. All right. I'm excited because I don't follow most of the people that you mentioned. So I'm going to just get some new content in my life. Great. If you guys have any recommendations for other accounts we should follow, please let us know. You can email us at lightheartedpodcasts at gmail.com. And then if you don't follow us on Instagram, our handle is lightheartedpod. All right. We will talk to you next week. Bye.